0: Hello, Deconstruction Community. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger, a show that gives a platform for people to share their stories of surviving toxic religious environments. As a trigger warning, a lot of topics on this show will revolve around religious trauma, mental health, and spiritual abuse. Hello everyone, this is Speaking Up with Andrew Fledger and I am here today with Phil Drysdale who is a deconstruction coach and is also a big figure in the deconstruction um, community and he also has his own podcast called The Phil Drysdale Show which I was on recently and he is here to talk about deconstruction. How are you today, Phil? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Of course, I'm excited to have you on. I've always enjoyed our conversations, most definitely. They're always fun. And I know the the episode I did with you on your podcast, I think it was like, what, a three-hour <laughs> Yeah, we, we chatted for a while. We had fun <laughs> with that one. <laughs> the three-hour tour, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think, you know, like I said earlier before the recording, I think it's so important uh, for people to really know what deconstruction is because there's a lot of assumptions about it and you know evangelicals and christians can really um use the term in a negative way or in a very specific black and white way and don't Mm -hmm. understand the grayness that is in there with it. and so i think you know the first question is really like what is what is deconstruction and how do people misunderstand or twist the word yeah. So, I mean, deconstruction is a complex word.
1: It's, it's a word that can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, right? You talk to someone um, who's a builder and tell them you're going through deconstruction. He's going to assume you're like, you're knocking down your kitchen to extend it or something, right? You know, like yeah, it, mm-hmm. it can mean different things to different people. That's mm-hmm. a really silly example, but yeah, it also mm-hmm. has a philosophical meaning. Um, and so deconstruction since the 80s has meant a certain thing in the world of philosophy um, that again isn't really directly tied to what many people that say I'm a deconstructing Christian or I'm deconstructing from Jehovah's Witness or uh, Mormonism or whatever it might be um, that's generally not exactly the same thing that people are talking about when they talk about Jacques Derrida and philosophy Um, and so again you just type deconstruction into Google and you might find all kinds of different things that aren't exactly what we're gonna be talking about today. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking about this community of people that are going through a process of um, unraveling their faith, of of losing core components of their faith, um, that is um, a very specific uh, thing and it's very deeply misunderstood Um, There's a lot of people with a lot of opinions, a lot of people with a lot of agendas coming to the table when they talk about it. Uh, Um, I work from a perspective of having worked with people for about a decade who are going through this process, but also we do research um, through a website that I run, The Deconstruction Network. We do research looking at people that deconstruct. And so what we found is we found that there were three markers that you can say that someone is deconstructing if they, they tick these three boxes. And so, um, so I, I'm not here to police anyone, right? If you don't tick the three mm-hmm. boxes and you feel like you're a deconstruction critic, that's cool. You you mm-hmm. can call yourself deconstructing. I, I don't really care, but we're just talking that generally looking at everyone that kind of self-identifies as deconstructing, there's like about 90, I think it's like 97.9% of people tick these three boxes. So it's a very strong correlation. Yes, wow, okay. So the first one is, that you have asked questions about some of the core values of your religion, of your of your faith tradition. Now, there's a lot of people that have asked questions about their faith tradition. Right. And they're mm-hmm. not deconstructing. Right. Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. many of us probably um, who have deconstructed could say that we tick that box a long time before we yeah. deconstruct it. We, we mm-hmm. ask some questions every now and again. The, the way that, you know, we're talking about core values and not just general questions of the religion is it's, it's got to be stuff that is really fundamental to the belief okay so the be- best way i i tell people to uh, identify identify something's a core value a good way is jump on your church's website and look at their statement <laughs> of faith yes question mm-hmm. those things and you're going to be in trouble right or even just say mm-hmm. imagine yourself asking a, this question to a pastor um, if you feel very comfortable asking that question to a pastor Is probably not questioning some core values of the faith, right? You're probably going, hey, Mm -hmm. pastor, like, I'm not really sure, like, um, I don't know, when will Jesus come back? Do you have any views? And that's probably not that contentious. I know some churches can Mm -hmm. be really um, very specific about Mm -hmm. that. But generally people are like, oh, that guy Mm -hmm. thinks Jesus will come back after the rapture. Oh, that person thinks a rapture will have to after Jesus. Oh, that person thinks it's going to be next week. That person thinks it's going to be 100 years. Mm -hmm. So it's not generally most people make space for christians that believe slightly differently about some of these kind of um we used to call them in, in my tradition of of, of christianity we used to call them like prefer peripher- per- periphery views or secondary views mm-hmm. um yeah. but if you start sweating right down your back your palms are sweating just thinking about asking your senior pastor this question that you've got in your head you're probably questioning some core values right you you know it's going to be real yes. bad you know it could go poorly um, these are the questions like, you know, um, do we really believe that everyone will go to hell? Do I really believe that Jesus died and rose again? Do I really believe Jesus could do miracles? Is that possible? Mm-hmm. Do I really believe the Bible is absolutely infallible? We, when people, and this might not be core values to some people's traditions, but to philosophy mm-hmm. people within Christianity, those kind yeah. of questions are very fundamental. Um, And so that's a big part, but it's not enough to be deconstructing to just ask those questions. The second part is that your faith tradition is unable to answer those questions, and so you've had to seek new answers of your own. And that is a huge part, and mm-hmm. that's where people listening to this are probably nodding, going, "Yeah, that—that that is what I've done." <laughs> I, I you know, I had the questions. I maybe didn't, wasn't even brave enough to ask my pastor, but I googled, I searched, the, you know, uh, different. I read a couple of books or whatever. And the faith tradition is not giving good answers. They have answers. It's just they're not giving answers that work. And it might be that the answer they have worked for you for twenty years. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you go, that's actually a crap answer. I don't like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? And maybe maybe you recognize that.
1: I, I, I know I was like that. I used to preach some of these answers. And then one day I'm oh, like, wow. what the hell am I talking about? You know, yes. like, that doesn't make any sense to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this highlights actually a deconstruction is a process that happens internally. It's not to do with the church changing its position or doing things. Often it's that we ourselves go st- such a change that answers that were satisfactory are no longer satisfactory. And the third part, and this is what's interesting is this tends to take a bit more time to really cement so early on in deconstruction this isn't as much of the case but on the whole we look at people as we track them over the years we can say with extreme confidence that this is where um where they end up is that people that deconstruct that question their core that don't find this, the the faith traditions answers satisfactory and seek new answers they hold their new answers much more loosely than they used to hold their answers Mm. so they have a real um humility um and an openness to change and to an awareness that they might be wrong and so they still live as though what they believe is true is true but they Mm -hmm. are much more um a much less fundamental about it yeah a good way to put it Mm. so that's a really long answer but yeah yeah that gives a preface of kind of what we're talking about today is is people that have gone through that process and tick those boxes
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no that's a really great way to start it and to talk about that because i definitely relate to the you know i honestly i never had the guts to ask a spiritual leader those tough questions i would just do them on my own (laughs) and through different books and professionals and people who have researched on these things because you know growing up in fundamentalist christianity i knew the backlash and the shame and the guilt that I would get just from asking some of those big questions. So I would just do research on my, on my own as I got older, but I think it's incredible too. You were saying that, you know, you're no longer satisfied with the answers they give you. And I definitely relate to that a lot. Like, I remember one of the big things for me um, was as I got older was I was like sitting really, I guess this really happened, at college, I guess, at a Christian university, I was at probably my freshman year, and I was just sitting there, and I was thinking, wow, is this really our purpose is to tell everyone that they're going to hell, and that God made all of this. He didn't want us to go to hell, but he made hell, he made all of us, and, you know, we all... Descended or inherited sin from Adam and Eve, which is not our faults to begin with, anyway. So our whole purpose is just to tell everyone they're going to hell and bring everyone to heaven when mm. all of this just couldn't have happened, hell couldn't it? so it's just like the whole premise of it just didn't make sense to me. Right. And I was like, okay, this is really dumb. And to me, like it wasn't sad, sati- like I'm a very purpose-driven person, and for me, that wasn't satisfying enough. Like, I just wasn't satisfied with being like, Oh, you're going to hell conform to my religion and yes that's my purpose like i just didn't feel like it actually made a difference in people's lives mm. i guess that i saw and like i definitely see how religion um i guess can provide that comfort um, certainty and purpose for people because you know there are different kinds of religions but as i've grown up in specifically fundamentalist christianity i've seen so much toxicity um and mm-hmm. it and how harmful it is and really like it's interesting, you know, that I was born into fundamentalist Christianity because a lot of it really goes against my values as just that are natural to me as a person. And just one of those values for me is just loving someone for who they are. And in fundamentalist Christianity, you really can't do that. Yeah. Um. So that was one thing that was really went against who I was as a person was that you couldn't really love someone who they were. You always had had some kind of agenda, um, with someone to push, and there was always so much fear and shame around it. And like I remember, always being told that, oh, you could be the reason that someone burns forever in hell. Like their blood and their life is on your hands. It's just so much. Oh gosh, eh? it's intense. And so as I got older, the whole like idea of just telling people to go into hell, or the idea that the entire purpose of humanity is to spread the gospel, basically, I was like, no, like this is not it, because for me just empirically observing fundamentalist Christianity I'm like okay like I don't really see much going on here (laughs) I don't see I'm not impressed with the results of your gospel with these people like I'm not I don't see the fruits as they would say I guess you would put it Um, but for deconstruction is there like a linear path is it different for anyone is there a general guide or how how is it for people
1: yeah so i mean uh, you can broadly map some forms of deconstruction out to some degree Mm -hmm. you know there's there's branches of psychological development theory that look at how people evolve in their psyche over over the years and so you can look at some of that like people who are starting off generally coming out of fundamental religion are generally a psychological state of conventional thinking looking to authority figures or authority texts to tell them what's right in the world so they feel Mm -hmm. safe certain and secure next step for that is to start to question authority figures to start to think carefully about who they prescribe authority to based on merit and based on where they're coming from. Um, so you, before you might have said, well, my pastor is the authority figure, so I'll look to him to whether I should take this medicine, whether I should take this job interview, how I should vote, um, and also on spiritual matters. And maybe someone that's uh, starts to move into that psychological stage that's beyond um, conventional thinking, uh, often called autonomy or, or individualism or success, um, uh, it's different terms in different uh, models but generally that person then starts to go well i'll maybe ask my pastor about the bible and, and about religion and about spirituality but i'm gonna go to my doctor to see if i should take these meds and i'm gonna yes. ask mm-hmm. some uh, friends around me about their work experience working in this field and if i want to really take that job or not and i'm gonna um read some economists' uh, blogs and read a couple of books by some political philosophers um, as to inform me how I'm gonna vote. And so they start to think carefully about how they um, ascribe authority in their life. They put a lot more um, on their own personal development and, and growth. And so this is a psychological stage that people do whether they're in faith or not or coming out of faith or not Um, and there's stages beyond that as people grow and so in some ways we can track some sort of linear path of people as they develop psychologically however what that looks like how that plays out is it's an absolute myriads of options i mean there's there's no limit you know some people will end up um atheists some agnostics some will go into buddhism or Taoism mm-hmm. or hinduism some will yeah. become jews some will um uh go back into christianity but just experiment with very different forms of christianity um mm-hmm. and so yeah. You know a lot of people want to know there's a clear-cut path right so a lot of pastors out there that are very scared and worried about people that are deconstructing yeah well, oh well people that deconstruct they're all becoming progressive christians um and that's true that some do but it's not true that all do it's certainly by far not mm-hmm. true that all do this is in the grand scheme of things a minority to do or a lot of pastors will often say well they all become atheist and that's actually even less people become atheist um, <laughs> and so it's complex it's a very mixed bag of uh, a kettle of fish uh, I don't know if you have that expression in America um, <laughs> But uh, it's, yeah, it's a very very mm-hmm. mixed um, bag, yeah. you know. And so it's very hard because I think a lot of us, when we come from fundamental faith, we are used to having our whole kind of life mapped out, right? We're given a purpose. We're given yes. a direction. We're given mm-hmm. callings. We're told what to do while we're on earth. We we even feel like uh, there's some sort of guidance as to where we should study, how we should work, where we should work, who we should marry. Like all these things feel so sort of mapped out in some sense uh, for us and that God is directing it offers it can suddenly be very very scary when you start questioning even if you still believe in god your generally your concept of god is so um uh, transforming that it's very hard for you to see the thing in the same way so even if you believe in god still you might not really be so certain that he's directing every step of your path or she or they Um, and so generally speaking it's quite terrifying to go from this stage where you are You're certain there's a purpose in life. You're certain there's a direction for you. To suddenly be told, hey, look, I have no idea what's next. I don't know what tomorrow will look like for you. I definitely don't know what you're going to look like in five years or 10 years. I can loosely say that this is probably going to be a good thing for you. I can loosely say that you're going to grow more to be more autonomous to have more self-control to work on your uh trauma and baggage that comes from religion or childhood or whatever else you're going to probably start to work on yourself more intentionally you're going to become a better person you're very likely to find the love of your life and settle down if that's what you want to do you're very likely to have all the things that you want in life but I can't tell you what they are in the same way that maybe we used to feel we get when we went to our pastor or we went to a prophet and they would give you a prophetic words or they pray for you and go, oh, well, God's definitely got a, a good future in store for you. It's going to look like this or that. We don't have that anymore as we deconstruct. it. So it's, it's While we can loosely say we're moving in a good direction, it's very hard for us to deal mm-hmm. with the uncertainty of yeah. we don't know what that looks like um because it really does look like almost i mean i've talked to tens of thousands of people over the last 10 years and i hear the same stories loosely all the time right so people will tell me they Mm -hmm. were kicked out of their house because they were gay um or they will tell me that their pastor abused them or they'll tell me that the pastors were teaching about tithing and they were single moms and they gave every penny they could but they just couldn't make it and eventually they just gave up or whatever it might be. Some of these stories I hear again and again and again, or people tell me, I'm deconstructing because I don't know if Hal's real. And that's a really common thing. So that causes a lot of people to deconstruct. But for every commonality I find, there's 20 people that didn't have that experience. And so it's Mm -hmm. while we can have these broad strokes of going, yes, that's a common thing for a lot of people, a lot of people don't experience all these things as well. And so Mm -hmm. it's a really complex um, path that people are walking on. You will have different childhood experience uh, and and grown-up experience of being a Christian than I did. And so likely as I unravel my experience and you unravel your experience, that's going to look different. And it's going to look different moving forward in how we find peace with that and move forward.
0: And so I know we've talked about this before, but I'm just curious again, what books you recommend on psychological development Mm. um that you've read about because i'd be curious to read about these different theories and developments
1: so i often recommend one of the most accessible um theories of development is generally spiral dynamics now spiral dynamics when you look at psychological development there's lots of fields within psychological development so a very famous one might be abram um um maslow's one um uh, the hierarchy of needs right everyone knows the hierarchy of needs you know food water shelter um but um that's a hierarchy of needs that's how we develop psychologically as our needs are taken care of um there's other ones like colbert's psychological development of morals and so how our morality develops as we grow up Um, but the one i recommend is generally spiral dynamics because it's so pertinent to what's going uh, going on in the in the life of people that are deconstructing and it's a, it's a psychological model of values and so it's as you grow up how do your values change mm. what you value in wow. this world how you how you mm. look to find your meaning in this world and that's yeah. so important for people yes. that are um, going through this process they 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 probably live their lives very rooted in a set of values that are mm-hmm. suddenly ripped out from under them and mm. they're desperately looking yes. for new values or maybe mm. they can even tell you the values but they don't know how to find a place to land with those values. Maybe they do think, yeah. I want to be more inclusive than the church allowed me. I want to be able to embrace more people and love more people. I want to be less um, uh rooted in patriarchy rest rooted in nationalism and 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 so uh islamophobic or uh, xenophobic or whatever else and so they're looking to be more expansive and so they've got some of these values but they don't know but what does that look like how do i tie that to something and become a part of something and so spiral dynamics is a very interesting model for that um another one so spiral dynamics um there's a great book um just called spiral dynamics um and it's by don beck um and, I can't remember the person's name now. Someone Cohen is, <laughs> me. But Beck and Cohen um, really did a great amount of work on, on Spiral Dynamics. Um, and so I really recommend they've got a whole book, bunch of books, but their original book, just Spiral Dynamics is really mm-hmm. helpful. There's an amazing um, article you can read online as well. Oh, it's, a, it's a white paper. It's, it's, it's a, a thesis um, by um, Suzanne Cook-Greuter uh, on ego development theory. Um, and it's about 90 pages it's 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 an academic paper so it's a bit more complex than some but if you're fairly comfortable reading academic Mm -hmm. papers it's fairly easy on that on that spectrum it could be a lot worse it's a really good look because this is then um, the development theory of how our ego develops over psych uh, over time so the ego mm-hmm. is how we perceive ourself and mm-hmm. how we uh, how we frame our existence in the world which is in my opinion even more interesting than spiral dynamics but mm-hmm. it's a little bit more complex um so yes. i really encourage people to check out if you type in suzanne cook groider uh, ego development theory those into google you'll find her paper it's about 90 pages pdf you can download and it's really interesting um, you probably might want to like print it out and read it about eight times with highlighters and I mean I I, <laughs> yeah. I have printed that out so many times now and it's just covered in notes again and uh-huh. again and again and um, again. but it's a very helpful uh, model. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So, so okay, I give a lot of answers. No, I love
0: that. <laughs> I love the details and I would definitely be I'll look into Spiral Dynamics and definitely into that um academic I can give you paper.
1: Some, um links and stuff if you, Oh, you, perfect. Can, you can include those in shots. Yes. I would love that. I also that. have I also have on um, YouTube and on my podcast, I've got um, about a 15, 16 hour series um, Mm, working through spiral dynamics every single stage and what it looks like for Christians at each stage. Um, So if you no longer Uh identify as Christian, that will still be very helpful. um, Uh find Some of the components are less interesting than not. Um, But the idea was to show that even at later stages of psychological development, some people can still engage with uh, the concept of Christianity and um, and just how different it has to look though, as you grow and develop in your values.
0: Mm, yes, and like I know we've talked about this before, but like psychology is something that I love and that I'm getting into. so that's just so interesting um, to me especially too, as I've recently been d- digging into um, the ego and the relationship to the self also um there's this one book i recently finished reading it's called the ego and the archetype um i think i'm trying to see who it's by i think it's like edward edinger or something but he was a I th- i'm not sure if he's alive still or not but he was a Jungian psychologist scholar basically but he really helped people understand young's work which we've talked mm-hmm. about before in which young oh my gosh he's yeah i could go on forever about him but i'm not going to but i love young um (laughs) but are there any books on just deconstruction in general that you recommend for people
1: yeah i mean there's a lot of people that have written a lot about deconstruction um i tend to try and avoid them uh, when i recommend books to people if i'm honest um largely because i think I have a I have a big bee in my bonnet about people that try and direct people's paths while they deconstruct, and so um, I've tried really hard over my my decade of doing this to be very uh, careful not to talk about my own personal faith and journey, but mm-hmm. also not to try and direct someone else's faith and journey, yeah. and rather try and give them steps forwards mm-hmm. in whatever yeah. way they. So looking at what are you what are you questioning, what are you wondering, where are you wanting to explore. And then just joining them on that journey. And so my book recommendations often follow suit. So if I'm talking to you personally, Andrew, and you go, Oh, I'm really questioning the historical Jesus, I might go, Oh, great, read some Bart Ehrman or read Zealot by mm. Reza Aslan or something. But yeah. I wouldn't recommend that to everyone because some people, they don't care about the historical Jesus they're yeah. questioning I don't know um interesting the institution yeah. of the church and I'm like oh I'll read some church history books or you know I could give them some stuff yeah or maybe they'd look at it, psychology and go how can humans evolve and psychologically be in this state but still yeah. this or that uh-huh. so I'd recommend some spirodynamics and and so generally the books i broadly recommend are generally biographical bi- biographical sorry uh, um, okay yeah because they're not prescriptive you Mm -hmm. it's easy to read someone else's story and go well obviously i'm not that person i'm not going to do the same thing i'm not going to go and end up exactly that place but the more you read you find that there's so many similarities but there's also so many different ways this plays out Mm. and so i can read a biography by uh, michael Gunger. his book this is really interesting and he ends up being very mystical and spiritual he's into psychedelics Mm -hmm. um and maybe loosely kind of uses Jesus as some sort of kind of element of language for that, but it's Mm -hmm. not very historically Christian. But then I can recommend someone that's still quite Christian. And then I can recommend someone like um, Megan Phelps Roper's uh, Unfollow is an amazing book. She was the granddaughter of the Westboro Baptist Church founder. And she grew up in Westboro Baptist Church and completely deconstructed her faith and escaped. And I think as far as I know, uh, she's an atheist. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to read her book and read someone else that's still a Christian and then read someone else that's an agnostic and then read someone else that's really spiritual. And go oh there's a simple clear path here what it's going to do is make me think about my options it's going to make me explore well these different people had some of the same questions but they went in different directions Mm -hmm. so what direction am I going to go in what do I think and Mm -hmm. it it puts the onus on me as a person when Mm, I focus on personal journeys rather than people that prescriptively write a certain thing Um, so I, I will say that generally a lot of books that are about deconstruction are books that are telling you how to deconstruct, and I it really pisses me off if one us. I really do not like it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think there's a space for it, and I think it can help some people. And yeah, some people will go on the same path as yeah. another person. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, a lot of people will read that. But the problem is, this is the problem, Andrew. Is a lot of us come out of fundamental faith, and we look to authority figures to to guide us and to to show us how to move forward. That's that's how we've lived for decades. And we come out of that and we go into deconstruction and we immediately, our go-to uh, modus operandi is to go, who's an authority on deconstruction? And how do I do this? How, how? What do they say I need to do next? And so we Google it, we deconstruction or whatever, or we go on Amazon, we type in deconstruction and someone's got deconstruction guide for dummies. I don't think that's a book. I'm trying to pick a safe uh, title to <laughs> yeah. piss anyone off. But you find, <laughs> oh wow, deconstruction for dummies, amazing by Bob, Bob, Bob. Um, and Bob 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 is someone that has figured out deconstruction and he's happy with how it's gone for him and that's awesome Bob 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 we're so happy for you but he doesn't know that that's going to be helpful for you Right? With, when we look at the data, we see that 15% end up ag- uh, atheists, when we see that 35% end up agnostic, when we see that as many as 25 to 30% still stay within Christianity. If Bob Bob Bob's telling you the Deconstruction Guide to Christianity, and or the, the, the Guide to Deconstructing Christianity, and he's telling you you have to become an atheist, there's a huge percentage of people that are maybe going to go down that path, and it's not going to satisfy them. It's not going to answer the questions they have. Um, and they might feel guilt and shame or they might really struggle or they might feel alone again oh maybe deconstruction isn't for me um, but really it's just some random guy that's telling you he ha- he knows what. and you'll see this you'll see this with people that think they figured out deconstruction but you'll mm. also see it with people that have never deconstructed but are scared oh. of it and so you'll see it with pastors you'll see mm. the gospel coalition have a book about deconstruction and like anyone in there right minds goes oh the the gospel coalition have a book on <laughs> how to deconstruct they're gonna like, oh my god these guys are idiots no one's gonna listen to that but yeah people will you know like uh, it, it's mm-hmm. tough and then most of yeah. the people will are the people that are you the, you know the parents of someone that deconstructs or the kids of someone that deconstructs and they're trying to figure out how to manipulate their family member back in or something mm. like that yeah um, but I, yeah so i try and avoid books like that i try and avoid things like um people would do online courses on how to deconstruct and things like that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I I think there is space Mm -hmm. for that. And, uh, you know, if you really resonate with what the person's saying, but I would just look for certain words as key Mm -hmm. uh, giveaways that they might not be as helpful as they, they could be. Words like reconstruct. I think reconstruct is a very problematic word. Mm, Reconstruct. People like the idea of reconstruction because, um, a lot of people used to throw around the phrase, um, I think they still do that, um, deconstruction without reconstruction is destruction um Um, but if you think about those three markers i gave you about um deconstruction mm -hmm. now yes there's a lot of questioning and unravelling faith but that second part of faith what did we do when we couldn't find a good answer for our questions we found our new answers we Mm -hmm. built new answers We, we came to new conclusions and so wrapped into deconstruction is a process of building something new of believing mm. new things you, yeah. you don't deconstruct and just walk away a shell with no beliefs right uh, you can't mm-hmm. not believe anything um and so i think generally speaking what people mean when they say reconstruction is finding a uh, building the faith that i have building mm. the beliefs i have yeah and more often than not what you'll find is anyone that you about 90% of people that say the word reconstruction are Christian in some way. And what they really mean is reconstruction. So yeah, deconstruct yeah. your Christianity and then rebuild Christianity the right way. Now again, uh, that works for a lot of people. And that's great. I really am so happy for people that find a way to hold their Christian faith and move forwards and be a better human in this world and love the world in a better way and probably look a lot more like Jesus could have looked like at least our our concepts of Jesus as a broadly all loving all uh wonderful person mm-hmm. yeah. That's wonderful great if people can do that mm-hmm. that's wonderful but a lot of people are not in a place to rebuild their christianity while 25 yeah. to 30 percent might still identify as christian that's 70 to 75 percent of people that deconstruct will not identify as christian anymore and so things like looking out for reconstruction you're probably looking at people that are going to try and tell you how to build your faith mm, how to believe yeah. and that's not very helpful for someone no. who's trying to figure it out you you need to figure this out on your own so yeah long answer but no no um, but, mm-hmm. yeah hopefully it's somewhat helpful to people
0: <laughs> oh yeah and so um speaking of like the gospel coalition and like christians who try to put really deconstruction in a box what are your thoughts On the backlash to the deconstruction movement by pastors, spiritual leaders, and people like the Gospel Coalition.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do, right? I mean, we've all Mm -hmm. been conventional Christians at one stage or another. Those that deconstruct generally have been, uh, if you've deconstructed at some point before that, you were a conventional Christian, you were happy with your faith, you kind of fit in in the status quo. Now, if you have enough self-awareness, then this is hard. This is actually part of psychological development. Looking at stages we were at before is very Mm, hard. It's often very hard to imagine ourselves as someone that was a homophobe. Imagine ourselves as someone that was telling people they're going to go to hell forever um and so we imagine our own current beliefs a lot of the time backwards and so it can be quite hard but yeah generally speaking we were probably terrified of people losing their faith too i bet you i bet you Andrew, you have prayed for a handful of people very fervently that they would come back to the lord right at some point in your faith Mm -hmm. that your parents were sitting down and going oh you know yeah. Uncle Bobby's decided to leave the faith, and we need to pray for him. We, we're going to really yeah. pray, and we're going to keep him in our prayers. Mm. And 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 you might have been moved to tears. You might have been so scared for Uncle Bobby going to hell. Right? He's going to go to mm. hell. Yeah. You'll never see him again when he dies. That's it. Yeah. Separation forever, and he's going to yeah. burn forever. And it's so unfair. And please, Jesus, please save him again. So,
0: yeah.
1: in a lot of ways, you look at something like that, and you know, I look at my you know, uh, your your mom who's really worried about you or your pastor who's really worried about you or a big organization like the Gospel Coalition. Now, you might say that a lot of um, that is just the nature of big organizations and stuff like that, but I think behind that is a lot of people that are really worried for people, right? They, mm-hmm. they genuinely think people are gonna go to hell forever. That's a yeah. bloody scary thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so for me, I'm just like, well, of course they're gonna go, this is dangerous, this is evil. We need to stop kids deconstructing. We need to protect people from rob- Bell and um, I don't know, you know, Joe Lumen or whoever it is, uh, right? Yeah. Andrew Pledger, keep them away from those people because they're so dangerous. <laughs> um, you know, like, of course, they're going to say that. Um, the thing is, what's really interesting is people get quite upset because they generally what they say is very untrue right so they'll talk mm, about deconstructionists yeah They're terrible evil people the gospel coalition brought out an article where they said they were people were only looking for street creds and i was like man these people have <laughs> never met someone that's deconstructed because you deconstruct oh you do not get street cred right you lose all your friends all your <laughs> oh, family you do. you're left completely alone yes. i'm like that is the worst position to be in not a good one right people don't Mm -hmm. people don't deconstruct to make their life easier right they're like oh they just wanted an easy life where they sin all the time and i'm like you have no idea how hard this
0: is wow
1: um but um the thing is we can get really upset with that and angry about that and try and like correct them or get them to write redactions or maybe you should represent deconstruction better they're never going to do that they don't they can't do that because they don't understand what's mm-hmm. happening yeah um, and so it's just not going to happen mm-hmm. one thing we need to recognize there's only three people listening to those people three groups of people the first group is we'll say us right so mm-hmm. us who are like i said getting really uh, upset they yeah. said i just wanted to sin or they they think i'm just doing this for an easy life or, or because i'm want to be cool they're idiots this is so annoying and, and, and i think it's hard for us all to be misrepresented we all want the facts straight we all want the world to yes. agree mm-hmm. with our story of who we are yeah um, but the grand scheme of things we can like go well of course they're conventional christians being conventional of course they yeah are. you mm-hmm. can look at westboro baptist church and you go oh of course <laughs> they're like that right now yeah um, it doesn't mean we shouldn't do things about that, especially at a systemic level, but it also means I don't think anyone thinks they're going to sit down and have a conversation with someone at Westboro Baptist Church no. and, and talk them out of it and no. maybe like get them to change the wording of one of their signs because they realize it's it's not very helpful or politically incorrect. That's not going to happen, right? So, so I think in some ways we have to take a step back and go, these guys... Are going to do what they do, and mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. they've not changed anyone's opinion, right? You've not read a Gospel Coalition article and gone, "Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should go back to Christianity," right? Is that happening? <laughs> no, no one never. is deconstructing is doing that, right? <laughs> it just isn't happening, you know. So you have these people, and um, the the Skillet guy, you know, like uh, uh, um, Alicia Cooper or whoever, like mm. these people that are very vocal as a fundamental Christian about how evil deconstruction is. Yeah, no one in the deconstruction space is listening to them other than to laugh. Make Mm -hmm. memes to get frustrated, (laughs) but then just walk away thinking, what, a bunch of idiots, right? That's basically what happens. Um, Mm -hmm. There is a second group that's listening to them, and that's maybe the more frustrating part, and that's your mom. That's the people in the pew that are Mm. nodding because they've got a son that deconstructed or a brother that deconstructed or Mm -hmm. uh, their their mother deconstructed. And they're nodding along going, yeah, this is so evil. You're right, pastor. Yeah, I need to pray harder to bring them back because they just want street cred, right? And the thing is, they're going to believe that anyway. It's just a little circle jerk, right? They, they, yeah, it is. They've not even believed anything new. They've just heard what they already thought from their pastor. And this is largely yeah. the pastors preaching. So mm-hmm. nothing's really changed. But the third person that's listening to this, and this is where everything changes, is the person that's in that church that started to deconstruct, that is terrified they have questions, yeah. and doesn't really know what they're doing, and doesn't really know what's going on outside of the world around them. They live in this little church bubble and they feel they're completely alone and no one has ever asked these questions and no one mm-hmm. they know has ever asked yeah. these questions and the past is getting up on the stage and going hey everybody you need to watch out for people that are deconstructing that's deconstructing D E C O N right like they are really dangerous. There's uh. a whole movement online where they're questioning and they're exploring other options other than this fundamental religion and they're they're talking about progressive Christianity or they're saying atheism is okay or they're saying it's okay to love the LGBTQ community. And this person on this in, in the pews has gone from feeling utterly alone to going, I know what I'm doing when I get home. Right. They are Googling the shit out of deconstruction. They're Uh searching that hashtag. They are following some people on Instagram. They are finding a community and they are finding freedom to move away. So honestly, when I hear all these people attacking deconstruction, I get excited. The more it can be in the media, the more people can talk bullshit about it, the better. Great! Mm-hmm. You are my greatest. I can't afford uh, any Facebook ads mean. or Instagram ads, but they are doing it for me. They are publicizing our stuff. There's a recent yeah. Gospel Coalition ad, uh, 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 Gospel Coalition ad, Gospel Coalition article, uh, but it was basically an ad, and they listed about fifteen big Instagram Instagram accounts that were. <laughs> <laughs> Deconstructions and, and they mentioned my the deconstruction network, which is a completely free website where people can find other people in their local city that are deconstructing oh, that's so funny. And I'm like, guys, do you have any idea how much money I'd had to pay to get in front of that many people? Like oh thank my you. Gosh. Wonderful. Um and yeah. so the thing is there like we can get annoyed by it and it is annoying and it's frustrating and it's it's infuriating yeah. to see people not understand or misrepresent mm-hmm. us. Um, and certainly frustrating for because, you know, you're going to get a text two days from now or, or a Facebook message two days from now from your mom with a link to the article or, you know, oh, yeah, good job, mom. You saved me. I read the, <laughs> the, the Cosmo Coalition article and I'm saved. Um, so, you know, that's happening. It's so frustrating. But really what's happening is people that are sitting there feeling utterly alone, like many of us have already felt finds this community mm-hmm. and that's what beautiful yeah. and exciting thing so I, I love it i absolutely love people out there misrepresenting <laughs> what we do great thank you very love much <laughs>
0: yes yeah, so like yeah there's there's definitely like you said earlier there there's a fear behind it because you know these people actually believe that people are going to hell and going to suffer for eternity and you know when i left um the faith and i it was basically like my last day in the religious in space, really, and like I was meeting with my mentor, basically telling them that I was leaving because uh, I just didn't want to leave without saying anything, especially to people close mm. to me. And you know, they they were like, "Oh, they're like, I want you to be standing beside me on Judgment Day and walk into heaven with me." And I'm like sitting there, like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cringy. I don't even believe in heaven or hell anymore." And it's just in moments like that, I think in the deconstruction, in your own deconstruction journey, you realize that no matter how much you can talk to someone or show them evidence for certain things or talk about the logic behind things, they're going to believe whatever is emotionally beneficial to them. As, as human beings, we like to think of ourselves as these super, super rational things but we're actually very emotional. We follow our emotions yeah. a lot and do what's most psychologically emotion- or emotionally feeling good for us really. And so, you know, I've learned for some people that I know I'm like, okay, like they don't want to ask questions. They don't want to dig deeper into that. So I'm not going to do that with them because that's a decision um, that they have to make on their own. And so I think too, um a lot of these pastors and leaders they're worried about i think also losing control yeah <laughs> losing that control and i know that in america they're very scared about the future of the church because more and more people are leaving the church especially like millennials and gen z <laughs> um yeah. a lot of us identify as like spiritual but not religious um and that means that we're not committing to a specific ideology or agenda Uh, we love we're curious we're exploring different ideas and options and beliefs Uh, but when you have people like that who question who are autonomous it's really hard to control them um and there's always been in america this christian nationalist agenda that this extremist section of christianity is really trying to be pushed for so long and it's been really scary to see that come to fruition in the supreme court (laughs) and How, you know, I knew, I knew it was coming, but I didn't think it would come so soon. (laughs) Um, And it is really scary, the, the, really the, how in America we could go back to the 1800s. That's just really scary of the laws, um, because you have this extremist group who believe that they have access to absolute truth that they can interpret it perfectly that they know what's right for everyone everyone else is blind to the truth um they're you know they're saved they're awake and to them the end justifies the means they don't care how they get that and we can see that with trump of how uh, evangelicals have used trump to preserve you know like they don't care how they do it as long as they do it um but yeah it's that it's that control that really yeah they're losing and so and i think too like i think really like the fear guilt and shame isn't just it's not working with millennials or gen z like it did with our parents especially with my parents that that really worked with them <laughs> but for me i'm like yeah. this is so tough yeah. it's not working for us yeah. anymore those tactics um yeah. that's they, linked
1: heavily to the psychological development so a conventional stage which is where a lot of our parents grew up and, and at that station mm-hmm. still maybe yeah. we are um that their core value their core driving motive is safety certainty and security mm. well what's the opposite of that fear right <laughs> i mean it just is the opposite of that. yeah now someone that's um at the later stages some of the core values um at the next stage are um knowledge and mm. cer- uh, I, 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 and um autonomy and and mm. having um you know, your own power and, and ability mm-hmm. to, to yes. make something of yourself. Now, mm-hmm. those core values, you start shaming or trying to make someone scared, but they know more than you and you're using <laughs> fake information. Yes. Yeah. It's just like, well, it doesn't work, you know? Or yeah, or definitely. they're telling you, well, uh, God in the sky is going to burn you forever. And it's like, mate, I have no certainty at all in a God in the sky, but I know me and I know I'm not going to burn in the sky or burn in hell anytime soon. So, there's <laughs> these kind of like, this complete impasse is in how we even mm-hmm. communicate now yeah and so mm-hmm. even the technique that would have worked for millennia mm-hmm. of just threatening people with well, well, a god in the sky is going to burn you forever if you do this wrong and people are like well shit i guess we better do that then <laughs> and that's literally what they thought because it, it, it was a legitimate threat that yeah worked. Mm-hmm. but it just isn't working anymore. Right. It Mm -mm, just doesn't work for so many people. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable how, how much of a shift we're going through. Mm. I mean, and and it is, it's, it's really frustrating. I mean, I'm over in the UK and so, um, you know, I've got another level of privilege as well on my on my side of not being an American right now. Um, yeah. You know, for a long time that was maybe a privilege, but I think more people are waking up to the fact that maybe it's not a privilege to be American. <laughs> I um, know today
0: uh, is July fourth, and I'm like, mm, I know, I don't right? want to celebrate I this at all. But. <laughs> Um, oh. but
1: the thing is what's really interesting is um you know being able to look at it from afar I I, I often remember removed from a lot of the emotional component of it not much because I talk with Americans dozens of Americans every day so I I, I feel it and experience it a lot I'm, I'm in the trenches with a lot of you um but 93 percent of Christians wanted roe versus Wade to be upheld uh, sorry, 63, oh, sh- sorry 63 63 um, 63 percent so wow um, a, a majority of christians now of americans that number was way higher it was yes. I can't remember exactly but it was like mm-hmm. 79 yeah. or something it was huge mm-hmm. yeah um, and so you know the world is moving forward we are mm-hmm. moving in a, a, a better trajectory now mm-hmm. the the brutal reality is that our governments don't represent us and they probably haven't for a very long time we've just believed that myth for a long time um yeah but again the beauty is more and more people are recognizing that. I think that's what you're seeing with the disenfranchisement of uh, young people not voting is they recognize, well, voting won't work. I think a lot (laughs) of people are really upset that, well, how could this have happened under a democratic government, right? A democratic government, democratic president. (sighs) Well, the answer is Democrats might individually, some of them really care about some of these issues, but broadly speaking, Mm -hmm. Democrats represent business and they Mm -hmm. represent powerful people. Yeah what powerful people want them to vote for is what powerful people want them to rule. Um, Mm -hmm, And and I think we're recognizing that more and more. And what's beautiful about that is powerful people have astonishing amounts of wealth and they can pull astonishing amounts Mm -hmm. of strings, but they are a person and there's a shit ton of people on the planet. (laughs) And there's a shit ton of people that are waking up to go, we don't want this anymore. And I think we've seen again and again throughout history people rise up and say we're done and mm-hmm. things change you know i, I think yeah. of the uh, the old adage of um oh gosh i'm gonna forget it now i'm not even gonna quote it this uh is i think i actually got it right here yeah we live in capitalism its power seems inescapable but so did the divine rights of kings
0: uh, right mm-hmm. and so
1: we feel like there's no way out of this situation where we've got corrupt government, our court is stacked, we're getting these shitty rules that no one in the in the people mm. won. And um, guess what? That's exactly how the French felt about their kings. And mm. guess where their heads rolled? Right? <laughs> and so yes. I'm not saying we should start, you know, chopping people's heads off with guillotines. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. But... I think we forget that we are powerful and mm-hmm. the more and more people that are on the right mm-hmm. side of history yeah. and are mad about this and are uh-huh. protesting and are deciding hey let's let's make some decisions here and and break some stuff I don't know break some personal property that's usually mm-hmm. what does it uh, you break enough personal property and people start listing <laughs> but I think yeah so I think it's it's really brutal but I think that's how deconstruction is a part of this as well you know I think even the fact that 63 percent of christians didn't want this to be overturned the idea is that christians hate abortion and they're going to stop it and they're going to fight it yeah that's not true it's an idea but the truth is that the majority of christians want choice that's astonishing to me like just that statistic is astonishing if you stop and think about it because that's not the, the that's not what we believe about our country the idea that most christians want uh you know some crazy republican right alt Mm -hmm. government yeah again isn't actually true some christians do want that and unfortunately they're the ones that vote they're the ones that have power they're the ones that pull strings but actually there's a lot of great christians out there they're going uh hell no we're voting democrat or we're not part of the system or we want something different and so i think again deconstruction is just another sign of power being whittled down and that Mm. is great for moves against religion and and religious uh abuse and um and and structures of power that that harm people but it's also good and it's also significant as we look at changing the world and overturning mm-hmm. political yes. corruption and, and mm-hmm. abuse um which yeah. is what
0: america is experiencing ultimately yes no Sorry, I a think, little ramble <laughs> no it's all good it's all good no and I, it's interesting how you're saying how you know people will rise up and it's been interesting to see how gen z has responded to um, Roe v. Wade being overturned, like, you know, like they, they went for it and there was a lot of doxing <laughs> um, involved with the Supreme Court justices mm. um, because I saw a TikTok yesterday about like, this is what millennials do, millennials protest, but Gen Z, they're just savage. They just dox people's information, uh, credit yeah. card address and different things. And, you know, it's, it's one way to get changed there, there is the ethical part of it like oh my gosh what about the safety of those people mm-hmm. um i know there's a man with a gun outside brett kavanaugh's home who was like <laughs> planning to kill him. So, like there's scary things um like that but yeah. these justices had to know that this would happen like yeah. how could they not know yeah. that
1: <laughs> at, at the end of the day so again i am not one to uh i'm not one to advocate violence as um an attack on an individual Mm -hmm. um but i do think violence as an attack on systems is important and i think especially we have Mm -hmm. to understand that when the enemy is the people that decide what the law Mm -hmm. is almost 100 of the time breaking the law is going to be required to overturn that
0: Mm -hmm. like there's
1: no way you can Mm -hmm. within the law change yeah the lawmaker mm-hmm. yeah i know who stacks everything their way and mm-hmm. so i think i think yeah it's going to require innovative ways of doing things if you think of yes. martin luther in the reformation he had oh, to be yeah. innovative he had to use the latest technology which was the printing press he spread all kinds yeah. of lies about the pope and def- defamation and uh-huh. um, and he also Talked about truth and released information that was yeah. there for mm-hmm. people to see. And do you know your Bible doesn't really say what the Catholics are telling you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that really changed things. Yes. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think we have the internet, we have TikTok, right? We've got these technologies, yes. and I think the younger generation are thinking outside the box. They've seen that um, that you know uh, peaceful protest doesn't generally do anything no. um, it, historically it's not the peaceful process that's that's moved mm-hmm. the needle often yeah. Um it's it's when things have gotten pretty intense that's that's when stuff
0: changes mm-hmm. so yeah uh,
1: the french revolution and heads rolling is an extreme example but oh, it's a yeah. radical shift that overturned I mean, the power that is yeah
0: unlike any. i mean mm-hmm. I and mean, you can definitely use that i guess as hyperbole to exactly. like talk about um because i definitely agree that there are times you have to break the law but like I, I agree to you that i don't i don't advocate for violence against people or individuals <laughs> in general. so yeah just one for the out there again but yeah i know what you're saying um because a lot of change has happened because of that but um for my last question what advice do you have um, for those who are deconstructing and who are like on the fence about it stuck in those religious environments
1: yeah i mean You know, no one can tell you to leave, to come out, to go a certain direction. This is your journey. Um, And I think a lot of people find themselves um, stuck in that situation. I know a lot of people who um, are deconstructing, but they're employed by Christian family members or by a church or by a missions organization. I know people I, I spoke to someone recently who's in the Middle East as a missionary and they've been deconstructing the last two years and they're like, I'm here for another year, whether I like it or not. I don't even know how to get home. I definitely can't tell anyone I'm deconstructing and I don't know what to do, you know? So people are in complex situations. And I think it's important to recognize that even the easiest of situations, you probably have friends, you've got family that you're gonna look at, have to look at and process the the thought of losing a lot of these relationships. You're gonna potentially Mm -hmm. lose your purpose, your direction, your certainty. Um, you're calling that's hard it's hard it mm-hmm. is hard like it, it is as hard as it feels and it is as scary as it feels we, when you're terrified yes it's terrifying it is Um I, I can only say that you will do exactly what you need to do and when the pain of staying is higher than the pain of going you will start to move towards yeah uh-huh. um, but you know that doesn't mean that everyone needs to go you might be able to figure out a way to, to hang around I've talked to some people that Um, you know their parents are in their 80s and they're not very well and they're saying you know what i'm gonna wait a couple years for my parents to die and then i'll Mm -hmm. just step out of the church because i really don't want to do that to them at their late age and i'm like you know what that's fine you know some people are so disingenuous you're not being authentic and and other people you know would say that's a really loving act of a child to a parent Mm -hmm. and so it's it's complex you know there's no right path there's no right way to do this you no one can tell you that you have to tell everyone that you're deconstructing or you, you don't tell anyone Um, and no one's going to tell you where to go next or what to do next i think you have to take um, control of this This is your journey Um, so i'd encourage you Go find some amazing accounts to follow. Um, I'm sure if you go follow um, Andrew or me on Instagram and go look at who we're following, there's plenty of people um, on there. Um, You know, we're sharing stuff from people all the time or search the hashtags deconstruction or something Mm -hmm. like that and, you know, skip the ones of like buildings getting knocked down. Those are probably way cooler anyway. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there'll there'll be some hashtags you can find. Um, You know, go surround yourself with people that are doing this. You know, the more that you can see that people are going through this the more you can read their stories mm. buy some uh, biographies you know buy some memoirs um the more you can do that the more you're going to realize you're not alone this is okay it's part of growing up and it will be okay it's going to be scary it's going to be hard but it mm, will be okay yeah
0: be mm. oh yes i love that oh yeah thank you again so much phil for coming on the show of i really enjoyed this conversation And for anyone listening, I'll put his links in the show notes. You can follow him, see the work that he's doing on the Deconstruction Network, on his um, Instagram, and on his podcast. But thank you again. This was Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. This podcast is distributed by Anchor from Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Everything you need is in one space. Anchor has the tools to record, edit, and distribute your podcast. And it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to start creating your own podcast today. Thank you for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Please support the show by sharing, donating, or leaving a review. Your support is much appreciated.